Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Okay, so... I'm excited that you're here all the way from Melbourne, Australia, and thank you for doing this. This is awesome. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about that is kind of interesting that I've been thinking a lot about is how I first heard about you was from Graham Wilson, our friend. Yes. And he had told me that he said, yeah, have you heard of the Steve Saparito guy? And I'm like, no, I've never heard of him. I don't know who that is. And so he's like, yeah, he teaches these workshops and he's really great. And he's kind of the first guy that's ever challenged me. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And he goes, I've kind of known as having like this great business. We're high volume, but we're also boutique and, you know, do really well. And he was the first guy that kind of was like, you should be doing more. You should be doing better. (laughs) 
And so I thought that was interesting. That piqued my curiosity. Then when I met you, when we had talked to Imogene in Nashville a couple of years ago, you said something that I know to be true, but you never hear, especially in the US, not at all, is that you can actually make a really good living being a photographer, a portrait photographer. You can make a great living being a portrait photographer, I think, you know. Yeah, and I know that for myself, and I I know that to be true, but I don't think that is the generally accepted wisdom or the generally accepted feeling. So I would just love for you to talk about whatever you want to talk about, but I would love for you to talk about that, maybe tell you who you are. See, you can tell I'm a new podcaster because first you're supposed to say, tell me all about yourself and all the great things about you. But I just went straight for the jugular. I love it. I think it's perfect. But who wants to follow any level of formality? Because let's face it, if we followed what the formalities are in our industry, then nobody would be making any money <laughs> because it's not normal, is it? <laughs> no. So we are the rule breakers and that's okay. Yeah, I love that. So, but what do you think it is? Why do you think that is that it's not the done thing? I think it's easier for people to blame the economy and blame everything around them rather than just to to say, okay, this is on me and what I give is valuable. And, and I think that's a hard thing for a lot of us as creatives to accept that what we do create is valuable to other people. And we tend to focus from within on what our work is and what our value is. But I think that most of the industry hasn't realized that our clients aren't spending up to our value at all. People buy because they want to make themselves feel good. And most of them will spend up to what they think they are worth. And it has nothing to do with us. Um, And once we begin to understand our clients and why they buy and what they value, then it sort of flips everything on its head. And I think as an industry, we don't think of what we do as a business. It's more of a lifestyle. And I think it has to be a mix of both. It needs to be a, a lifestyle as well as a business. And a lot of, when you talk to any other business owner, they're getting, they're always getting their business ready for sale. But there's a belief in our industry that we could never sell our business. And I think, you know, what is the difference when you're getting a business ready for sale? What are those steps that you take? What do you create? And what do you do when you're creating a business that's sellable? And it's very different. And what are a few of those things in your mind? What are a few of those things, even if you never want to sell it? Because you're not advocating that every photographer sell their business. But you, right. what you're saying is, if I understand you correctly... You're saying that you're treating your business as a revenue generating asset. Yeah. And that that's something that could be sold if you wanted to. And that's a different thing than what how most people run their businesses. Well, I think just in what you've said, that this revenue generating asset has to make money is the first thing. But then separately to that, that revenue generating asset is also paying you a wage or a salary and then making a profit after it's paid you. And I think that that's just a whole concept that a lot of people struggle with in that the money that they make is more, you know, the money that I've made rather than here is my business that is making this much money. It pays me a salary and then it makes money as well. And I think just wrapping your head around that part of it makes a big difference. But why do you think that is? Why is that in this industry in particular? What do you think? Because you're, you didn't start as a photographer. I started as a chartered accountant. So I've been in accounting. So for me, that was normal. So for those of us in the US, a chartered accountant means a CPA, right? Certified public. It's like the equivalent. Is that correct? 
Well, yeah, sort of. It's sort of, well, the chartered people believe that they are at a much higher level than a CPA. but Well, of course. The, the fact that you have an Australian accent means <laughs> that it's more and better. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. But, but for those of us on this side of the pond or this side of the Meridian Dateline, we're talking about an accountant. Okay. Yeah. For those of you that are living in the past is what you're trying to say because it's yesterday for you, yes, right? Exactly. That's right. We live in the exactly. future. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, for me, you know, there is a business entity, which is your business, and that has to generate revenue and make profit. And that then pays your staff and pays you. And if you're the only staff member, then it, it needs to generate income to be able to pay you a salary. And I think just having that in mind and knowing what your salary is changes everything because most people are just working and then whatever's left over is either the profit or the, you know, whether there's enough to eat or where there isn't enough to eat, or if there's a little bit more this month, that's how much we spend, but there's not enough people budgeting, okay, I have a wage to pay. That wage happens to be my wage, (laughs) and my business is going to pay me a wage in order for it to exist. And for that to happen, I need to then run my KPIs, which are your key performance indicators, which now I'm getting into a whole realm of accounting terms, aren't I? Okay, so I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you right there for just one second because the thing that I want, because I can feel photographers listening to this, that there's like some sinking, there's sliding into their chair and onto the floor because we're talking about math and hard things and profit and all the things that as creatives, you don't want to think about. You just want to, oh, I sold this session. This was a great session. Now I have this much money. I can go buy a new lens or whatever. But honestly, I think the people that follow you and the people that follow me do actually have probably pretty decent businesses. They just want to take it to the next level. So I guess what I want to focus on really, because I don't want to get too far in the weeds on the math, but I do want to focus on that, the idea of possibility, that the possibility is there that you should be making and it's possible to make the same as like an attorney or an accountant or any other well-respected profession, but that the average photographer in the United States makes less than $30,000 a year Wow! on average. Yeah. Well, it's actually possible more than the lawyer in our industry. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So say that again, because I think I cut you off. So So it's actually possible to make more than the lawyer and more than the accountant, because if they are on a salary, then they're capped at that salary. Whereas when we are uh, running our business, we're not only paying ourselves a salary, but our business is also making money as well. And when I met Graham, I've got this great studio and I just asked him a couple of questions about how many team members he has. And and in my head, I just did the math of what I know, you know, if I've got two staff, what a business should generate. If I've got three staff, what a business should generate. And it didn't add up to me. Like he should have been making double, if not triple that. And then when I started working with Graham, you know, he was already at the top of the tree by photography standards, but just by really adding in the service. And that's all we're doing. We're adding in another level of service to our clients and being aware of what do they value? What type of service will they pay for? And if we just give them that, his sales average has tripled. So awesome. sometimes we compensate by adding more volume, adding more volume, adding more volume to make more money. But the reality of our industry, the beautiful thing about our industry is, is that if we give more service and we give more value to our clients, then they pay us. Each client pays us a lot 
more willingly. Because the value is there. So rather than just getting more and getting more and more and more and more, it's making it worth more. Yes, to our clients. But to that, you need to understand what do clients really value and what do clients want. And and that involves us having a conversation with them and, and helping them discover what is important to them. And then we just give them that. It's easy. Right. I love that. Well, and I think th- you and I think very similarly, but we do things in different ways. And um, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I feel like a lot of times you go to a convention or whatever, and you hear the kind of the flavor of the month person talking and it's like, okay, this is the way, this is the way you have to do it. Right. And yeah. maybe you don't have that personality of that person, or maybe you don't, whatever, or the advantages or whatever. But I like to have, I think that every person, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I really do feel like every person has the ability to be successful in their own way, with their own style. If they build the value for the client, if they don't make it about themselves and they build the value for the client. Do you agree with that? That's the secret source. Absolutely. I agree agree with that. Yeah. But that's the secret source if they don't make it about themselves. And a lot of what what is taught in the industry is about making it about ourselves. What do I like as a creative? What do I want? What do I want to shoot? What are my favorite things to do in a shoot? And yes, you need to honor who you are, but it's how you interpret and adding your own flavor to what a client wants from a shoot. That's the difference. And when the business becomes client focused and really enjoying having clients rather than being afraid of them or being, you know, they're the, they're the burden. Um, in a lot of cases, when I start coaching right. people, the clients tend to be the inconvenience that they have to deal with yeah. rather than, yeah. you know, waking up every day and loving the fact that there's this incredible person that you're about to discover and you're about to help them discover something meaningful about the relationships that they have. And I think a lot of what isn't taught is that what we sell is an emotional buy and we're thrown all these logical ways of selling to a client and it's what we sell is not a logical buy. It doesn't it makes no logical sense to spend ten thousand dollars on artwork. But when somebody has an emotional attachment to it and we're able to tap into why somebody loves somebody and give that back to them or what is it, you know, we celebrate somebody's gifts. So, you know, somebody sees their child and they're able to celebrate those gifts and those photographs represent what those gifts are rather than my ability to warp light and my ability to pose people. That should be the operating system within your business that you can do. But what people pay for is their relationships and celebrating their relationships and making them feel like their relationships are worth celebrating. And when we do that, they spend tons of money. Okay. So let me ask you this. When you're, we're talking about, obviously we're building, you know, your business around your client, what they want, what they love. This is an interesting concept. Right. Talk to me about spoiling clients slash training clients or educating clients. You know, because I think there's so many nice people in this industry and especially with as many women that have come into this industry since digital and and all of that, that definitely has been that 
kind of just whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. I'll shoot you for three hours in the park, chase your kids everywhere for $350. I'll retouch a hundred images and give it to you on a disc or, well, there's no discs anymore, but you know, I'll give you the digital file. So, and then, you know, basically you're just this camera for hire that somebody has hired and they're sending you their Pinterest boards with all their, here's my ideas of all the things that I want you to do. That's a very different experience than what you would teach or what you would advocate. So What is that difference between like you're saying, make it all about the client, but when you have standards of like, well, it's this much money and this is how we're going to do it. You're walking that line, right? Between educating of this is how it's going to be because this is how we do business and then also making it all about you. So can you speak to that? Well, I think that there's different, lots of different models that people run their business. And you know, what I teach isn't for everyone. And it's almost like if you think about the restaurant industry, there's fast foods and it'll always be there. It's a huge market, but there's also, you know, different levels of dining. But each one has a different level of service and a different level of expectation. And a lot of people will pay for service and to be guided and for you to take control. And that's pretty much what I'm teaching is that our clients want to be guided. They don't really know how to buy photography. They don't know how to buy artwork. They don't know how to put together a collection that will look beautiful on their wall. And for a lot of them, they don't know why or what they have in their life that is worth celebrating because most of us have become detached emotionally. And so when we make the effort to help people fall in love again, or, you know, for a lot of people, for what I teach, It's the first time that a woman has heard I love you for 25 years because he just never realized that she didn't hear him or she never realized that just because he doesn't say it, I never took notice of the way he shows me. And all we're doing is opening up people's ability to receive each other and opening up people's, I suppose, permission (laughs) to take the time to even just go to the park with your son and not feel guilty about not being on your phone because work is 24-7. You know, taking that mm-hmm. 10 minutes when we first arrive at home and because sometimes of the questions we ask, making them take notice of that child that's running through the corridors towards them and rather focusing on the fact that, oh, my God, they're destroying the house, take a moment <laughs> to realize they're actually so overjoyed that you're home that all they want to do is hug you. And I think through time, as a culture, we just become so wrapped up in busy and you know, busy has become the new currency for success. We've forgotten how to feel. And we just think that the people that we love the most are going to forgive us the most. And so it's okay to put whoever's calling us on the phone first and the people we love second, third or fourth. So it's just sort of bringing that. Well, and bringing it back to the core. Yeah. Well, and to go along with that idea of busy, that's another thought too, because there are photographers that are, they're busy. Yeah. They're busy. So I always say, I don't want to be busy. I want to be profitable. I don't want to just be busy. Well, success is having the free time to enjoy other parts of your life and not have to work all of the time. And that's got to be part of it, but that's got to be a conscious effort. And, you know, you've got to have everything aligned to be able to do that. I don't know. There are different models of running. And, you know, in what I believe and what I teach is that most people are looking for ways to reconnect. And for me, photography is just a tool to help people reconnect as a couple, to help people reconnect as a father, as a mother, as a lover, as a couple. And if we see photography as a tool, when we're doing portraiture anyway, or even weddings, as a way of reconnecting 
people and that's our goal rather than our goal is capturing an award-winning photo because we've got them at sunset and it's the perfect light. Yes, we can still get those photos, right. but you know we've got to think of what we do as a tool that helps families come together and builds value within a family because people are not going to spend $10,000 on artwork if they feel as though their relationships are not worth that. For sure. So it's about, it's about how to say that. And it builds in the value so much more because if you have, I know what you're describing is the a discovery call that you do with every client that you call and do exactly what you've just described as, you know, getting them to talk about their kids and their relationships and that sort of thing. And I think it's such a genius thing because you know that then when they're looking at those images, all of those feelings are baked into that image. And that's the value their feeling, their love combined with your talent and also your point of view, you know, because I think everybody, you coach a lot of different photographers and everybody is going to coach that very differently. You know, you're going to coach it. You're going to have that discovery call and you're going to go all the way to like soft, touchy, feely. I'm going to do something like that. And I don't call them discovery calls in my business, but it would be, I'm going to talk about the kids and how they're crazy. And mine's always going to have a tiny bit sarcastic, a little bit snarky, you know, I love that <laughs> because I have seven kids and I'm like, you know, I'll be like, okay, so who's the nightmare? Who's the one you want to kill? Who's the one, that, who's the one we need to get the most beautiful picture of so that you don't smother him in his sleep. That's, I need to know that kid, you know? Yeah, and fine. so then they can laugh and know that like, okay, I, cause no family is perfect, right? Like th- there's everybody's human and life is hard and it's relationships are hard and we're blended. You know, we've been through a divorce and we're, you know, have blended these kids. And so, so I'm going to have that discovery cause going to be a little different than you would. And then there's going to be other people that are just very soft and very, I don't want to say maybe introverted or shy, but they're going to come from a very soft place and they're going to attract those kinds of people. So I think that's the beauty of this business is that it really can be, it isn't about you and it's all about you right? It's, it's both. It's not about yeah. your art necessarily. It's not about the thought thing that you thought was about you. Like the fact that you get good pictures is like entry level skills, right? Yeah. Like my, yes. when I was going through therapy with a psychologist during my divorce, <laughs> he told me, I remember one time I said, we were talking about something and he said, so I was saying to him about my, you know, soon to be ex-husband. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess, I guess he did this. He did this good. He did that good or whatever. And the therapist is like, okay, let me just tell you what my wife said about that. She says, I came home the other night and the, I hadn't rolled the garage cans back up to the house. So she kind of got after me about like, hey, you didn't bring the trash can in. And he's like, honey, do you understand that every day I talk to women whose husbands are cheating on them, are like stealing, are like these horrible men. And that I come home to you every night. I don't cheat on you. I provide for our family. I'm here when I say I'm going to be here. And she just looked at him. She goes, those are entry-level skills. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, but I think of that when I think of like getting a beautiful image entry-level, like nobody cares about that because most people can't really see the difference between photographers. They don't know the difference between good and great or even mediocre and great. Right. Right. Yeah. But they sure as heck know the difference between how they felt, the experience that they had. Yep. And the connection they felt with the photographer and also with each other during that time. Yeah. And the lead up to that time. So the lead up to that session also is important because people know a photograph that matters to them. Like 
when something yeah. matters and we've taken a photograph that means something to them and when a photograph speaks to them and tells them something about their relationship or something about their child or saturated in that photograph is their belief of who this child is and the future that they will have, that matters to somebody. But unless we can get them to see that before we take their photos, it's sort of too late and they're just there to look good. And yes, we can create great yeah. photos that look good, yeah. but nobody's going to pay a ton of money just to look good. When it matters, right. when them feel yeah. good, that's when they start right. paying the money. And I think this was the revelation with Graham is that they were doing awesome photos that made people look amazing because he was doing um, senior photography and it was all about sure. looking good. It was the great cheerleader, the great musician, the great, you know, let's do the pace scene, let's do the oil barrels, let's do the fire truck. But when we added, how do you feel about this person? What do you love about your daughter? I know it's been, you know, 15 years since she's last spoken to you as a father, but, what, <laughs> right. you know, what, but, you know, talk to the hand dad. Yeah. If you had something to say to her right now, what would it be? And we begin to engage them emotionally, then these photographs start to matter and it changes the way when we know somebody, it changes the way we see them and it changes the way that we photograph somebody. If we were photographing our best friend, in exactly the same environment with the same lighting and it's somebody we knew intimately, it changes what we focus on. It changes how we see that person. So it changes the way we photograph. And those photographs mean a lot more because it represents our vision of who that person is. And if we were to replicate that with all of our clients and get to know them, and it's more about them getting to know each other again, because in most cases, you know, when they're coming in for those senior photos, sometimes there's a really big disconnect. Oh, my between gosh. That's why I quit yeah. shooting senior because I those <laughs> girls were horrible to their mothers. Horrible. So, you know, if we can bring I only that like back. I only like to shoot senior boys. <laughs> they're good, are they? So, you know, it, and it, it made a massive impact on what people were willing to buy because suddenly we were beginning to take photographs that mattered and suddenly because of a photographic experience, fathers were now talking to their daughters, daughters were now talking to their fathers. And then because this is all happening on the lead up to the shoot, those photos mean so much more. And that those entry-level photos that you're talking about now become four times as valuable because yeah. now they mean something. And I think that's about when we talked about, and you were going to ask me about confidence and, you know, when, when you do this, you can confidently walk into a sale, confidently walk into a booking knowing that you've given them something that they absolutely would love to have and we've given them value. But if we don't, if it's all about making them look good, then it's all about them picking on stuff <laughs> that yes. we don't even see because it's all about judgment and it's about right. keeping up with. It's not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's trying to become perfect, which is impossible. But when it becomes about what does this mean to you? What do you What do you hear when you see this? How does this make you feel? Then all of that stuff goes away. And what we produce is yeah. something that's way more valuable to a client. Well, and, and so a couple of things that you said that I was thinking about is that, you know, you're saying, well, people aren't going to spend big money for that. Well, I know people that, that would spend big money for like, let's just say the family portrait, because that's what I spend most of my time doing is, is a family portrait, for example. And then my parents, you know, had the family photograph quite a bit when we were growing up. 
But my mom would spend on that. But I can look at every single one of those family pictures and tell you about the fight that was happening on the way there. What she was making me wear that I didn't want to wear. Yeah. I know the whole subtext of the background of all of that. So we look good, but we weren't necessarily feeling good. And then also, I think a lot of time, many times there are photographers that are working on that one and done model, you know, that like market with a marketing machine, you get them in, you get them to buy that one big thing. You don't care if you ever see them again. It's like the numbers game. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that's a, you can make them look good and, and you can get, I've heard you can do pretty well with that, but that's not how I would, I, for sure. I know that's not how you want to do business for sure. It's no. not how I want to do business. I, no. I need to have the sustainable. I want to watch those kids grow up and have the families come back year after year after year to have those experiences because that's, I mean, I happen to have a camera. I happen to be documenting that experience, but the experience is the thing that I want them to have. Yeah. I, I, I believe that if we're running a business that can sustain a recession, can sustain a pandemic, can sustain an economic crisis, the businesses that do well are those that build long-term relationships with their clients and they build loyalty. And we have clients, sure. I've coached people who during the pandemic, clients were calling them to prepay for their next session and prepay for artwork. So they were paying two or $3,000, knowing that once the pandemic's over, they will come. And because the pandemic has caused a recalibration for a lot of families mm-hmm. in that they're reevaluating what's important. So a lot of people right. stopped traveling four hours a day to work <laughs> and stopped yeah. all of those just like, For me, the pandemic was awesome because I got six hours back on Saturday. I got four hours back on Sunday. On a Friday, I got another six hours back that I could spend with all of my family instead of become the Uber dad who is Ubering kids from one activity to the next activity to the next activity. And we suddenly had to work out how we would spend that time and It was the first time in a long time that I saw my girls or my children become sisters. I didn't realize that that for years she's got her friends, she's got her friends, these activities, she's dancing, she's soccer, she does. They're on parallel tracks, but not interacting. And they've never crossed those lines. And this has created a situation where I'm thinking, oh my God, look at them. They're like behaving like sisters. Who wouldn't want to record that so they can be reminded of, do you know what? This is what's important, not all this other stuff. So there's been a huge recalibration, I believe. And those businesses that built long-term relationships with their clients and weren't just churn and burn, like you were talking about, that one, what did you call it? The one one and done. The one and done scenario. Yeah. Their clients supported them. And for many of them, they made more money, <laughs> more money in the months that they were shut down. Was that you as well? More money yeah. in the months that they sh- had to shut down than they've ever made before. And we're seeing businesses now with this recalibration that they're doing a quarter of the volume, but are doing two and a half times the revenue. Yep. And the profit margins are higher because now they don't need the staff and right. people are buying higher ticket items because we've now had the time while we weren't shooting to focus on those other things that shooting distracted us from. So making those phone calls, finding out what's important to them, building the relationships with our clients, helping them build their own relationships 
and making them more aware of what parts of those relationships, what do they see in their children now that they haven't seen before? And for me personally, it was about suddenly the kindness that my oldest daughter had and the patience that she had um, because now they were homeschooling and she was taking an interest in what her sister was doing, which she never Mm -hmm. had before. Yeah. And to photograph that of them taking care of each other and surrounding myself with that because when we were let out, that sort of started to fizzle very quickly. And just to be reminded, hey, remember this? This is who's important right now. Not that bitchy friend you're complaining about all the time. Just get rid of her. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because... I know. It's so funny that you said, I think you and I are like the twins that were separated at birth from, you know, different people because we're almost, it's so funny when I hear you say that, because to me, you're, you do all this, like a really levy high touch up front. And I do a lot of it in the session, like a lot of the stuff, like what you just said, like I will have teenage girls that will sit there and I don't do this every time, but with a lot of my clients, if I see a moment about to happen, or maybe they're not looking at each other, whatever, I will stop them in the middle of a session and say, okay, hold on just one second. I want you to just look at each other. And they'll be like rolling their eyes like, oh, this is some stupid photographer that's making us do something dumb. But I put my camera down. I'm like, okay, I want you just to look at each other. And I want you to know that these people that you're looking at right now, the people that you think are your friends right now, in like even five years, you're not even going to know them. And in 10, 15, you won't even remember their names, but these are going to be your best friends for your whole life. And so you need to treat each other right. And we'll usually have kind of like a little moment. And then I don't do it on purpose, but sometimes I'll turn around and the mom is like over there crying, you know, but it's true because I say, you know, I treated my siblings like crap because I was the oldest kid and I was, you know, like, oh, it's all about me, whatever. But really my siblings are my best friends. And when I think of the friends that I had in high school or whatever, you know, some of them are still friends, but really you don't remember those people and, and the family, that's where it's at. That's, that's the love. But I love your perspective on the, on coming out of the pandemic, because I think that's, it's so timely and it's so true. I think we did recalibrate right now. It's, we're kind of all chomping at the bit to get out. But I think some other things that came out of the pandemic when you were talking that made me think is that people did reevaluate, right? They evaluated their priorities. They also relocated. So there are many smaller communities or like areas that maybe didn't have great clients, you know, or, or maybe said, oh, well, I couldn't have that clientele. But you've got this influx of people that are moving into these rural areas or suburbs or whatever. So there are a lot of new people in your area that you could have new clients. Yeah. You know, that's something to look at. And this is a trap, Alison. Like, I'm so sick to death of everybody sort of, you know, we need new clients, we need more clients, we need more clients. And they forget. We like the bloody phone company. They only offer special deals to new customers. And the ones who've been loyal all these years don't even get seen. All we get is a bill every month. So what are we doing for our loyal clients? And I think this is a big hole that our industry refuses. It's huge. It's a gaping chasm. It's not a hole. It is a gaping chasm. It's a huge thing that if for some reason our industry refuses to see is that our clients, our past clients are our biggest asset. And for sure. we're always so focused on new, you know, Facebook ads and, and get the, you know, I, I'm in the middle of a workshop right now and I've got 10 people and they're driving me nuts with what <laughs> Facebook ad should I do and the wording of my new Facebook oh my ad. Gosh, and I no. to actually use the F-bomb seven or eight times and string it together and just say, pick up the phone tonight. 
And I don't care who it is, one of your past clients, the first one that comes to mind, ring them and say, hi, I was just thinking about you. I don't know why, but I had to call you. What's happening in your life right now? Right. The people that did it got a booking with every call. And if you're calling qualified people that already believe in you and love you, why are we going, why have we not done that first? All of our Facebook ads and all of these new stuff, that should be the filler to fill in the gaps, the spaces that our loyal people, they should be getting the scraps, right? To me, that's the, if I I get to it, that's like the last marketing, like, that if I ever even get to it, which usually is never, because I 100% preach, take that to the bank. The existing clients are where it's at. And I am so sick of every industry. It's not just our industry, to be honest, because how many times have you been like had a personal trainer or a hairdresser or whatever? Yeah. And you're like, dude, what's with the coupon on the front counter for 500 off on, or 100 off on your free next free month? Like, I've been coming here for 15 years. I've been paying the rent on this place. And you're giving a free hundred to like some Groupon or some, you know, millennial that's going to cancel after the first month. Like, forget that. That's not yes, fair. I totally agree. And we don't pay enough attention. Like, what what do we do to celebrate our current clients? Like, right. The three basic ways to grow a business, and I don't think this is taught either in our industry, the three basic ways to grow a business is to get more clients. First one, get more clients. The most expensive, most time consuming, most laborious, most frustrating way to grow a business. And that seems to be the only thing that our industry focuses on. Yep. Or any industry. Or any industry. Second way to grow a business is to get your clients to use you more often. And that's that. This is the big gaping hole that you're, the catechism that you're talking about. Yes. That we could, if we focused on it, there's a, a huge amount of opportunity And, you know, through the pandemic, because we couldn't shoot, because we couldn't bring all these extra people in, this is where everybody started to make their money because suddenly we're now focused on what we should have been focused on the whole time. And we saw record numbers of bookings, of sales, because we are now focused on serving the people that already believe in us. And then the third way to grow a business is to increase your average dollar sale. And well, it's not about charging more because charging more is when we charge somebody, we're taking something away. It's about adding more value. Okay. So if we're going to increase our average sale, we can't just lift our prices. Yes, that's going to have some sort of an effect, but as a human being, as, as creatives, we feel guilty about charging people. But if we focus on adding more value and giving people more value and, and creating something that is worth more to somebody, then those people are just rewarding us for what we've given. And so there's a, a lot less guilt because we've spent a lot more time and energy in giving something that is so much more valuable to somebody. And so then when somebody's prepared to reward us for that, there's not that guilt attached to it because we've truly given them something that they value, that they're not resentful to spend, that they're willingly wanting to buy. And then afterwards, they're referring us to other people that believe they need what we have to offer as well. So really being on those last two things are where most of the money is made. And then the most laborious one, which is getting more clients is the hardest way to grow a business. So you know, right. There's got to be a balance of all three. Yeah, it's backwards because if you do two and three right, you're going to get one and they're going to be qualified because they're going to be referred by all the stuff you did yes. for two and three. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I you, love that. You shouldn't. And what happens is it feels like when you do this, it feels like your business now has its own heart. It's got its own heartbeat yeah. and it's organic and, it, and it's alive because it's growing and it's regenerating itself all of the time because we've put in the love, we've put in all of the effort into giving it life, giving it substance, giving it meaning. Our business becomes more about something that is needed and that people want because people are looking for ways to reconnect. And that's another thing that our the pandemic has given us the opportunity for because what they used to spend on a family holiday in an attempt to reconnect as a family, they yes. can't do it anymore. Yes. Right. When you think of a family that is trying to reconnect and a family of four or five to, to go on a holiday to Europe or to go to Aspen or go to Disneyland, when I took my kids to Disneyland between you know, just airfares. Oh, forget about it. Yeah. Were eight, ten grand just in airfares from Australia. Yeah. Then a Yeah, you could have done Paris for a week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're up for 30 grand. What we offer is such a cheap alternative. And mm-hmm. if we do this correctly, it's also a guided tour that almost guarantees people to reconnect. Whereas when you just book a holiday and hope for the best, half the time, you know, I used to spend my entire life traveling and I'd spend it in all these hotels. The kids are in the pool screaming, dad, come in, come in. Dad's on his phone. Next minute, he's made a signal to his wife who's trying to read a book that he's got to go upstairs because the office is calling and he's gone for the next three or four hours. How much reconnection are they getting for 30 grand? No, and then you need a vacation to recover from the vacation if you're the mom. Yeah, absolutely. Let's be real. What have you really achieved? We have photos to remember it, but what we offer is of such much higher value if we are truly going at it with the intention of reconnecting a family and helping them celebrate, you know, what's important to them. And that's, I think the pandemic has given us that opportunity. You know, they can't go to sporting events like they used to. They can't go to the theatre like they used to. And when you think about, it's easy to spend a thousand dollars for a family to go to, to buy tickets to go to the theater. Yeah. So that's over in two or three hours. Why couldn't they spend that on photography and have, and that have something to show, something to show for it? Something that they will remind them of that every time they walk past it every single day. Yeah. And we have to stop feeling guilty because people are not spending it on us. Like when I, right. When I'm traveling and this, I think is something that we're not taught either. When I'm away and I'm feeling guilty because I did 23 trips in 2019 to the US and the UK, that's 30 hours flying each way for me, all up, okay? I'm spending a week away and a week at home, a week away and a week at home. So my guilt factor kicks in to the point that I have to go and buy my children something. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not spending money on the shopkeeper. I'm not spending money on the jewelry. I'm spending money on my child and the value of what they are worth to me. And then when that shopkeeper says, oh, guess what? We'll do you a special deal. I'm then going, oh, shit, now I have to look for something else because I didn't spend what I wanted to spend. Right. So we have to get over the fact that we believe that our clients are spending money on us. They're not spending money on us. They're not spending money on our work. They're not spending money on my photography as a photographer. They're spending money on the people that they love and they're restoring balance. They've been trading time for money for so long. What they're trying to do is restore balance. So they'll try spending $1,000 to take everyone to the theater in the hope that everybody has a great time and comes together. 
well, why do we need to feel guilty that they've just spent $1,000 on a piece of wall art? They're not spending it on us. They're spending it on their family. They're spending it on that person that they love. Why couldn't they give them that gift and us not feel guilty about that? And we shouldn't. Well, and I think that coming from that perspective, it allows, I think, especially somebody who quote unquote has that feel guilty factor, because that is such a thing. I hear it all the time. But it really gives you the confidence of, you know what, I am providing this value. This is an amazing experience and they, they love it and they're willing, they're willing to pay for it and it's worth every penny. And there's, I mean, how many times have you heard that? When, some, when you're yeah. you know, hanging, like for us, we're, we're, we deliver and install, so we're hanging that on the wall. And you know, the mom, I, I have had a mom say to me one time, she's like, I would have paid this money just to be in the room and see that happen. Just the, the shoot. Just to be in the room and watch that happen was worth the money to me. And so I thought that's pretty amazing. I mean, I kind of joked with her and said, oh, so I don't have to bring you the actual images, you know, and, but really it is, it is that moment. It's like, how can we make it so enjoyable and have the feeling attached to it that then the images are just baked with that emotion and that love. And it's just, it's an amazing thing that we do. It is. And I think that's where we fall apart to a degree because our belief is that they're paying for a canvas or an acrylic right? or our work. They don't see an acrylic. They don't see Mm -hmm. a canvas. They don't see a frame. They don't see paper. They don't see ink. They don't see HD whatever bamboozlement that the the labs want to sell us. What they see is their daughter's eyes saying, you've done a great job, mum. Hmm. Yeah. That's what they're paying for. And that's what they want to see. So when we we bring that forward and that's what that means to her to know, do you know what? I did a good job. That's what they're paying for. Not the way we warped light. Not that we managed to capture a bird flying in the sky as the sunset was coming across, as they just right. almost, you know, caught the reflection of something. Right. They don't see any of that. Yeah. <laughs> right? High speed, high sink shot. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, it sounds really obvious and it sounds really like that, that would be obvious, but I, I think it's just not because we doubt ourselves and we, we're trying so hard to perfect our craft. And even once we do, we lean too hard on the craft and not enough on the experience and the feeling. And I think that you're a master of that. And I so appreciate your point of view. I would love for you to tell our listeners where they could find you. Really easy. It's stevesaporitoeducation.com. It's S-A-P-O-R-I-T-O. Just Steve, S-T-E-V-E, stevesaporito.com. And we'll link to it in the show notes too, so that they can just link directly there. Are you on Instagram or anywhere like that? Oh, yeah, it's there, but I don't really do the whole Instagram thing. I'm just, you know, I'm all Facebook. You need to get with this, Steve Saparito. Well, you know, it's not really me and I'm all about being authentic. Oh, I love it. I think too many people, when you were were talking before, and I know that I'm taking up more airtime, but it just struck something else to me is that we get so distracted by all the technical stuff. We get so distracted by the, the technical gear, all of that stuff that we forget that there's a human being there and we forget that it's about how they feel and allowing them to be the best version of themselves that we possibly can before we photograph them. And that's how they want to be photographed as the best version of themselves. But we get so caught up in all the tech stuff that we forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like Apple. Apple, they don't sell you all the tech 
parts of the what VGA card there is and the you know all the yeah. stuff it's about the experience that this gives you it, it connects you with your family through FaceTime it it does all this stuff that humanizes a product and i think that our industry needs to become more human and have a heartbeat and become we have to humanize photography because we've spent a long time dehumanizing it and making it technical and making it all about the technical part of the craft and not enough about the human part of the craft, which right. is helping people feel valuable enough to be photographed. Right. Yeah. And that's why people love it. don't work because they don't feel valuable enough to be photographed. They look in the mirror and don't like what they see half the time. So if we can it's true, and Yeah. And I think it's so interesting how that if you look at different portrait photography businesses, when I think of the most successful studios, the people that I know that run the most successful studios, they come at it from different angles. Like not everybody does it the same, but there's always that focus on existing clientele. Yep. Always the focus on the experience and the feeling so they might not do, you know, like exact method, like everybody doesn't necessarily do it exactly the same way, which I think is interesting. But that core thing is always in place that there is a feeling, there is a emphasis on that we appreciate you, we value you, and there's an exchange of value both ways. So the value is we're creating that value for them. And then they're giving us their value in exchange for our value. And it's just... Yeah. That's the best kind of business to have, man. I, I Through the pandemic, I never have been more grateful for a strong brand and a great loyal clientele, like got us through totally. But that, that brand is coming from you. It's not, you know, it, it, it's the life that you've breathed into the business and it's become human. Um, and if you look at any, any business that's done well, it's about that customer service. It's about that human side of the business, those businesses that, that did well. And historically, whenever there has been, you know, a war or there's been a crisis, the minute it's over, people look for mid-level luxury items to spend their money on. And we are (laughs) well-placed and we're we're already seeing it. I've never seen sales like I'm seeing at the moment. People on average, and it's not, you know, everyone's, I've done a $25,000 sale. I've done a $30,000. What is your average? Like, if that's the only thing you've done right, in six months, exactly. who cares? But the averages that I'm seeing with a fair bit of volume has just skyrocketed. And I think a lot of that has to do with this recalibration. And realistically, people are reassessing what are they going to be doing with their time? Are they going to, moving forward, are they willing to spend four hours a day in the car? And what does that mean? You know, now they're not spending as much money on fuel. They're not needing as many cars in the family. So there's more money being freed up. So people are spending it because they, people believe, and we've been trained by all the marketing experts that in order for us to feel better, we have to treat ourselves and spend money on ourselves. And we just need to set our sail according to the wind and be okay with the fact that we can make people feel amazing. We can make people feel valuable. We can make people feel like a human being again, if that is our intention. Yeah, I love that. Well, I appreciate you so much jumping on with this. And I love the way you think. I'm always excited to speak to my twin on the other side of the world. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it is fun. It's fun to, you know, because you like when you listen to somebody and you're when I met you and we were like talking and 
I'm just like, oh, it is fun to, when you're aligned, you know, that you, you're like, yes, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. 